All right, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 15. This is a familiar verse, very familiar. And we'll share our heart with you tonight. Is that mic on, Brother Todd? I think I turned it on there. Can you hear? Okay, okay, I see my light on there. Okay, thank you. All right, it says, uh, verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly, Dividing the word of truth. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful tonight, God, for, for an opportunity to stand, O oh, Father, Lord, and what an honor it is to be saved in the year that we live in and the time that we live in, God. It's a, it's a blessing, Lord, to be an ambassador for you and a mouthpiece for you, God. I, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve this. And, and God, I'm just so thankful for your word, oh God, and, and, and what you have done and made us who we are, God. And your word leading guides us, Lord, and your spirit lives in us and helps guide us. And we're thankful for that. I pray that I can help someone here tonight, God, with your word and just yes. share my heart to be a strength to them. And Lord, that they can move forward for you, Lord, in the day and hour that we live in and all that's come against us, God, we need you. God, we thank you and praise you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, this verse, to me, I think, is the most important verse in Scripture. I really do. I think, it, I think this verse right here, and this is why I believe that, and there's so many great verses. This whole book's good, all the way from cover to cover. Amen? Amen. This verse here, Apostle Paul, and he's, he's, he's getting ready to face the end of his life, and everything that God had given Paul, he wrote through, through the 13 books here that he wrote, that he written from Romans through Philemon. He has shared his heart. At this time, they weren't packing this around, this Bible called King James Version. They didn't have this. And Paul was instructing Timothy, and I thought about this when I, when I come, up with this, come across this and got to thinking, I thought, well, that goes along with the mantle. How, how that Elijah passed it on to Elisha. And here we see Paul, so Paul now under a whole new thing. They weren't even under the law no more. They come into grace now, and he's passing this thing, this word of grace, to Timothy. And so they can establish this and establish churches and, and to stand on this word of truth. This become truth now. And, they, and it, that we're saved through, uh, by uh, uh, grace through faith now. Things, things had all, everything had changed now, all the way up to this very purpose right here that we can be saved through and by his grace. And I want, and I want to think about this tonight. And, it says rightly dividing the Word of God. And I know I've been in so many churches down through time. I mean, hundreds of them, thousands probably down through the past 35 years of traveling and singing. And you hear a lot of, and with so many different denominations, they all quote this verse. They all pack the same Bible. But, but why is their doctrine so different? Why does Presbyterians believe completely different than a, than a Pentecostal church or a Free Old Baptist believe different than a Methodist church? And you got all these different types of doctrines. Somebody's wrong somewhere because the Bible only means one thing. So, so Paul's instructing Timothy here and he said, listen, there's a lot of different things out there that's going to be taught, that's going to be said, and we need to hang on to the truth, Timothy. So rightly divide this. Make sure what I'm telling you, Timothy, comes straight from God. I did not get this from anybody else but God. And, uh, and, he, and, he's, and he's laying all this before Timothy to carry it on. So even today, you go into Pentecostal church, they'll quote this same verse, but, they, but what do they do? They teach under their doctrine. I grew up in Free Old Baptist. I've heard them quote this verse, but, but I grew up under their doctrine. 
And what it does is starts, all these names come over the door and the denomination uh, starts forming. And you got all these different beliefs. And we get caught up in that. Next thing you know, we're so churchy, we don't even know what the truth is anymore. I don't know what to believe. Do I believe is this way right? Is that way right? Well, I found myself in this place one time, Gary. I found myself because I spent my whole life trying to earn something that was already paid for. I really did. I, I laid down in the bed and I said, boy, if I die in the morning, I'm in hell now. I messed up bad today. And then I wake up and be saved. And the Satan had had my mind all cobbled up. And I said, God, I'm tired. I need, I need to know what the truth is. Amen. And you know what my problem was? I didn't have a clue what the Bible said. Because why? It didn't interest me that much. What do you mean it didn't interest you? You was in the ministry. Yeah, well, my manlin interested me a lot. I, I remember my first message I preached, I got my manlin. And I, and I, and I gave the example. Let me, let me show you a little something. I'm not going this route, but just since it's on my mind, let me show you what I mean by this. I, I want to help you tonight. And, I'm, and you be patient with me one second. How many strings is on this, Todd? Eight. Eight strings on there. Well, he's wrong, Mark. There's only four on here. Now see where the doctor come in? No, there's eight. One, two, three. Well, well, he's right, but there's really only four. There's two G strings, two D strings, two A and two. See how, or division. There's division coming over a mandolin. Well, I know he's right, but there's really only four. Come on, Todd, get real with it, right? You see what I'm saying? And that's what happens with confusion of the Word of God. That's what happens. Now, I'm going to get you interested, because ain't nobody in here that's ever played the mandolin, hold the mandolin, don't, even, don't know one note on it, right? Now, if I, now I'm going to give Bryson lessons. I didn't say, now, Bryson, you got to do all four fingers and catch A like that, okay? Now, get it. And, 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 and get him all tore up and just shove it down his throat. Top. But I said, now, Bryson, listen, take your, your pointing finger and put it on the second fret on the A string. Hit it. That's how I done it. No doubt of time, Mark. And then, the, then now, that's how you hit it over. There's your G. Just two fingers. Don't worry about the four fingers yet. But... But then I start showing him on the scales, note by note, week after week. Now he's in the choir playing. I had to go real elementary with him. I can't shove it down this throat where your daddy plays, uh, Bryson, you ought to learn this faster than that. Your daddy's a musician. What's wrong with you? And I start shoving this down your throat and get real mean about it. But if I show you just one note, everybody's wanting to play now because I showed you. Just, just catch that knot. That seventh fret right there on the top. That's how pretty. Sixth fret, fourth fret, second. Now, but you just want to get my mandolin and try it. One string, I run a scale. Got everybody's interest up now on the mandolin, didn't I? Uh -huh. You want to take mandolin lessons? I'll, I'll send you my number. I'll no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you see how, that's what I want to do with the Word tonight. I want to get your attention to where this right here, Bryson, will get you like that mailing lesson right. did, right? Amen, when I started learning the mailing, I'd, I'd come home from school, but I'd be three or four hours. Me and Chris, man, we'd drive mom and dad crazy. Boys, come and eat. Okay, three hours later, we're still in there playing. We're trying to learn this thing. And it's just, what, 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 what made me learn, Brother Earl? I started progressing. If you don't know what you're reading, you won't progress. How can you progress in your Christian life with this thing stuck in a cabinet somewhere or under the table somewhere? I can go down to a church and hear, hear the pastor talk about Scripture, right? Or I can go down the road to this one and hear this pastor talk about something different in Scripture. I'm going to be really confused. What does the Bible say? Right. Well, let me show you something. I'm gonna, this is going to condemn everybody. It's gonna, we'll all get conviction right here. Watch this. If I, I'm going I'm to act like I'm real mad. 
And I'm going to lay it down right here. Now watch this. Leviticus chapter 11. Oh, this is going to, everybody's guilty right here. And I'll show you what I'm talking about. If I wouldn't, I said, this is what the Bible says, boys. Y'all listen up right here. And this, this is, I know churches who live by this right here I'm fixing to read today. And I'll explain myself. Now listen what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says, Todd. Now listen here. Y'all be patient with me. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. See right here. Let me make sure I got my place here. All right. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 11, verse 7. Look what it says. And the swine, in other words, a pig, though he divided the hoof and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Of their flesh shall you not eat, and their carcass shall you not touch. They are unclean to you. Verse 9, These shall ye eat of all that are in the waters. Whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas, and in the rivers, them shall ye eat. And all that have not fins and scales in the seas, and in the rivers of all that move in the waters, and of any living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. They shall be even an abomination unto you. You shall not eat of their flesh, and be shall and, and you shall have their carcasses in abomination. Verse 12, and this is it. What, whatsoever hath not fins or scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination unto you. If I preach that as a church doctrine, I could have every one of y'all toilet pizza because we all like shrimp. We like catfish. We like sausage biscuits from Hardee's. Pulled pork barbecue, don't we? They just told me I committed the abomination if I'm living by Leviticus chapter 11. Well, that's what the Bible says. Well, well, don't forget to read verse 1 because you know what I just did? If I beat you all to an altar and got you to repent over eating a sausage biscuit at Hardee's this morning, guess what I forgot to read? Let's read verse 1 and I'll be done with this. On this part right here. This is fun though, right? And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying unto them. He said he spoke unto Moses and Aaron. And said unto them, he said. Verse 2, speak unto the children of Israel. See that? And he spoke the whole chapter. This is when. Now listen. Abraham was just a man living down in the pagan lands. He wasn't this holy man that just had all the words of wisdom for God. No, he's down in the land of Ur, down the Chaldees. And God, for no reason at all, said, Abraham, get up and get out. Get up and get out, because I'm going to make you a great... You're going to be a father a great nation. Not, not a pretty good nation, or I'm going to make you a father of a nation. A great nation. And Abraham, in Romans chapter 4, Paul was talking about the very same thing. He said he staggered not at the promise of God. He staggered not. He got up and he packed his bags and it was counting in righteousness because he believed what God said. He was about, I think, 75 years old. And how in the world, him 75 and Sarah 65, are they going to have a kid? He's going, how in the world is he going to be a father of many nations? But what did he do? He moved forward. Now, what if he got all the way down to where he's supposed to go and said, well, hold on a second. I'm going back down here to Chaldees. And went back down there, set up camp, and spent the rest of his life there. What do you think God would have thought about that? He'd been displeased. Yeah, right. 
because he didn't believe what he said and he went back. That's not moving forward. I want to preach a message tonight, 2023, on moving forward for God. Amen. Moving forward. So how are we going to move forward? Just like Abraham did. When God speaks, move. Right? Where does he speak at, Gary? talked this morning in the Word of God. Amen. So, I drove to get Michelle a cup of coffee yesterday at Duncan yesterday morning on the way back, and I was thinking about this message. I never had a clue about it. And all of a sudden, I love watching restoration cars shows on YouTube or wherever, TV or whatever. Me and Connor love watching that. They store they find these barn finds. And I thought, I pulled in. I said, I said, Michelle, Connor's not playing the Xbox. I said, when you find a barn find on these TV shows, and they go in there and they find this rusty car, and it's all beat up, and it's grew up in the weeds and trees, or it's in the barn, or it's out in the woods, what's the first thing they do to get that car to move? I said, they hook a chain to it. They're going to drag it out there one way or another. Yeah. Connor said, they pump up the tires from the other room. I said, that's exactly what I was like. Aunt Charles wasn't even to say. Michelle didn't know what I was talking about. She ain't got a lick of sense. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, that's true. He hauled out. I said, that's right, Connor. They'll, they'll get, the first thing they'll do, they'll get them air compressors and mechanics and blow them tires up, hook a chain. They're fascinated that they got air, the airs out of our tires. That's what's wrong with sitting flat on the ground sometimes in our life. We got to get some air in us if we want to move. So what, so what is going to get us motivated besides the Word of God? This is the most important thing to motivate you Amen. in your life. So, so how, how is this right here going to get our wheels turning? Sure, we can read how Daniel was delivered, how the lions then, how, how David killed Goliath. All these amazing stories, they strengthen us. The story that Gary preached this morning strengthened me. It's encouraging to me. But what is it in this word that could get our wheels turning? I mean, we get excited when we hear Jesus raising from the dead. Yes, that, that, gets, me, that gets me fired up, right? But what is it that's going to get me turning? Well, we see here, now watch this. We see here, if you read on down that chapter, he starts saying, don't eat these creepy crawly things. Don't eat this kind of stuff. Now look at this. Let, let me show you something right here. In Acts chapter 10, why would God say that in Leviticus? And turn right around to a devout Jew like Apostle Peter and turn right around in Acts chapter 10. Let me get your wheels turned. I got some, I'm going to get some iron your tires. You're getting ready to get pulled out of the barn here. I want to give you something in the Word. I want it to make you... I, I'd like to get you so agitated and tore up and your wheels turning so bad, you're spinning so bad you, that you had lose sleep tonight and have to get up. Go get your Bible and say, i got to dig a little deeper on this thing here. What's going on here? So why would I just read that it was abomination? Now watch this. Acts chapter 10. Peter is fasting. He's on a rooftop and here he is. He falls in his trance. And all of a sudden, now, now uh, he, he's... I don't know if he fell in a trance, I guess out of hunger or just passed out. Maybe he just passed out. I'm not really sure. But, but as he's in his trance, look, look what the Bible said happened here. It said he became very hungry in verse 10, chapter 10, verse 10. And would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners, and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of, of four-footed four beasts of the earth, 
and wild beasts and creepy things and fowls of the air. And said, then there came a voice to him. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. This is what Peter told God. No. No. Not so, Lord, is what he said. He said, no is what he said. He said, not so, Lord. He said, he said, I have never, I have never eaten anything that is common and unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God hath cleaned, that call not thou common. Verse 16, he said it happened three times. And Peter told God to his face, no. Now, why would Peter tell God No. Because he's never known nothing else since it, since it was given to Moses in Leviticus. Because that's what Peter lived by. They were not allowed to eat pork. It was a sin. It was an abomination to him. And now all of a sudden, why in the world then would God tell Peter to commit abomination? He didn't, did he? He said, I ain't never made nothing unclean. Well, wait, why did he say it was unclean in Leviticus? And now in Acts chapter 10, he says it's not. Now, this is Israel. He's saying, ain't got nothing to do with this pork eating Gentiles now, okay? We, now, we, we're now, while, while Peter's getting this vision, I promise them Romans down there having a barbecue. I promise. Don't, don't get tore up over that, okay? You're, you're not a Jew. We, we've never been under Judaism, okay? We've never been under Leviticus. We've never, you believe that? This, this Bible, I believe, cover to cover, and this is all true, but I've never been under Leviticus. One, I've never been under Judaism. Never. I grew up, matter of fact, I grew up in Hurley. I'm a hillbilly, right? I grew up in a holler. If we found a pig, we'd kill that thing and eat it, honey. We starved to death, but right? But so listen, we've never been under this. So if I come into church, I know, I know a pastor right now, he preaches, they don't eat pork in their church. He thinks they committed abomination. Now we think homosexuality is the only abomination God ever named abomination. We think that's only sin. It's not. There's a lot of abominations, right? So wait a minute, Mark. What are you saying? Go in Pauline letters and read the 13 books and see if you can find the word abomination. Jesus took my little white lie. I got caught dipping snuff one time by Mamma. Guess who Mamma was? My pastor's wife. My papa, right? She's not going to make up a lie on me, okay? I'm like 14 years old and I snuck and got me a dip of snuff and Mamma saw me because I was at her house knocking apples out of the tree while I was dipping. She tells my mom, and the first thing I said, I was not. The first thing I said to mom, I was not, mom. <laughs> Who told you that? Was it my cousin? I said, no, it wasn't him. I said, well, somebody lied on me. She said, it was mamma. <laughs> she, she saw you. I was like, I did not, and lied to her. Jesus took homosexuality when he died on the cross. and placed, When God placed the homosexuality on Christ and all these abominations, he hung my little white lie right there beside of him. He hung my, my dirty, rotten lie that I dishonored my mom. I went against and sinned against my mama. And he took that little lie and hung it right on the side of the abomination. That's what he did. And every other dirty, rotten thing I ever did. That's the power of the gospel and the cross. Now, what is going on right here in Acts? Listen here. So here's Moses now. I talked about Abraham. He didn't go back to the land of Chaldees. He's out there. And he had a son named Isaac, just like God promised him. Isaac had a son named Jacob. And God called him Israel. That's where they got the name from, the children of Israel, right? Now he's got this man named Moses. And we know the story. Gary talked about it this morning, son, right? And he led him out of Egypt. And then he's up on the mountain. I was highlighting. And God took his finger, not a pen or nothing, or did he just make it appear? He took his finger and wrote it. 
thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not lie, Mark. <laughs> right? But he's talking to Israel here right at this time, right? Thou shalt not lie, Moses. But now, didn't Abraham just tell a lie? He said his wife was, Sarah was his sister. I don't read anywhere in there. And then, then what did he do? Went with his handmaid and had Ishmael. I don't read nowhere in there where it says, Thou shalt not commit adultery yet up to this part. He was not under law, Abraham wasn't. But watch what happens. Thou shalt not drive. And I said this last time, 55 mile an hour to Johnson City is all you can do. When that sign changes to 45, we can't break the law no more, can we, Bo? See, the law was established, right? right. Okay, so now here Moses, I'm, the point I'm making is this. The Ten Commandments came, and then Leviticus came, and all these rules and regulations to Israel. What if halfway through this thing, and he's established all the 12 tribes, and all hey, boys, forget it. Everybody line up, we're going back to Egypt. Come on, come on, come on, Aaron, line them up. How, how do you think God will feel about that? He wouldn't have liked it that Abraham went back to the land, to the Chaldee. He didn't like it that Moses would have went back to Egypt and just called it quits. No, they're under a whole new thing. They're under law now. They went from being under nothing, except Abraham, right? First, remember before that, there's under Noah. He said, if you want to leave, you better go on this boat. See that? But when Abraham came in and said, we, we, we better get on the boat. I'm going to build another boat. Better get on it. I didn't want he was preaching then. He just said, hey, I'm going to be father of many nations and started this people. Now here Moses is and brought the law in. God sent the law to this great nation, told them what to eat and what not to eat, what to wear and what not to wear, what to do and what not to do. A lot of these things you hear preached in the pulpit today for you, for you, for you to abide by. This has nothing to do with this. This, this if I got your wheels turned a little bit, I'm, that's what I'm wanting to do, right? We got some iron and tires. We're pulling this thing out of the barn here. Now, when they hook that chain to that car and pull that thing out and it's got air in it, it just rolls right out of there. It gets to moving, Earl. Something, something had to make it move. First thing, if it, had, if it hadn't, they'd just drag it. Don't, don't be drug along. Don't be drug along through your life. Just getting drug along, okay? Amen. Get some air where you can actually roll and you can roll out of this mess that you're, I mean, you got dirt piled up on you. Just roll out of it, okay? But something's got to get you moving, right? Okay, now, we see that the law came in and they were made all these promises to this great nation. And I'm trying to hurry. I don't want to drag it too much. And we, and we got all this law and that's the only thing the Jews ever knew. They, they were doing what they were supposed to do. Peter was writing what he said. I've never eaten nothing unclean. He was doing the best he could to keep the law. They were law keepers. The Pharisees would kill you if you didn't keep the law. The, 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 the uh, scribes was the one who taught it and the Pharisees make sure you keep, keep it or they kill you over adultery or anything because that's what the law says. Such, right. such should be stoned, right? So, so, here, so here, this whole transition, I mean, for, from Moses all the way down and all of a sudden, the law hadn't changed and they get their Messiah. Here he is. I didn't come to do away with the law. I just came to fulfill it. Who's he talking to? Well, he came into his own, Right? He came into his own. Now, and I don't want to confuse you, but I want to help you. And look what he says. Look here in Matthew 10. And I'm going to move right along, but look right here in Matthew 10 right quick. What he told his disciples. Now listen to this. Let me say this first. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but John the Baptist had disciples. Jesus had disciples. There was plenty of disciples. There was a lot around. But he chose the 12. He made them apostles. 
That's the only apostles there were in Scripture. Right. Those 12. Right. Until when? One more. Apostle Paul. Yep. Why did he need 13, Todd? <laughs> why did he... Why? He, he had these 12? and they, Peter walked on water with him. Couldn't he go out here and tell the world enough? That was enough, right? I walked on water with him. I watched him die. I even denied him when he did, but I watched him get up. Why does he need another? Why does he need another, another apostle? Why Paul? Well, I had a Bible study a while back and discussed why Paul? Why Apostle Paul? Think about it. I got your wheels turned a little bit. Listen to what Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter 10 right quick. He's talking to. Now, if you want to understand the Word of God, I just showed you out there in Leviticus. He's talking, I told Moses and Aaron to go say unto Israel. Listen, we've got to understand who's talking in these passages. I heard a pastor say this one time years ago, 20 years ago, and I never heard that before. And y'all might laugh at me, that's fine, but it helped me when he said, you have to find out who's talking in these passages, who they're talking to, and what they're talking about. And then you can discern the scriptures. So let's see who Jesus is talking to in Matthew 10 when he says this in verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Told them not to go to the Gentiles. Now these guys are, you think about these Romans, the Philistines, the Egyptians, all these guys that considered enemies. Why, would, why at this time, they've never been told at this time not to eat pork. Why would they go down to a bunch of pork eating Gentile Romans and say, guys, I got some good news. Messiah's here. Come and see him. Here's what Jesus would have did if they would have come and saw him. Because guess what? Somebody did. That was a Gentile. Look what he said to her. Verse 15, chapter 15. Look what, look what happens. Here's a Gentile woman. Verse 21. I'm making a point here. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of the Tyre. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. Wait. <laughs> he answered her not a word? He flat out ignored her. She's a Gentile, right? Look what happens. Answered her not a word. And, then, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away. She's crying after us. In other words, get rid of her. She's about to drive us nuts over here. Hey, we're with the Messiah. Can you go away? What are you doing here anyway? Well, they don't have no dealings with Samaritans and, and Gentiles, right? They, they, they're Jews. They're, they're under the law. They're, they're, they're serving their God. The Messiah just showed up. They are excited. They don't have no time for her, right? But why would Jesus answer her not a word? But listen to what happens. All of a sudden, Jesus says this. But he answered and said... I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's what he told that woman. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread. Children who? Children of Israel's bread. And cast it to the dogs. That's what he told her to her face. Look what she said. She knew 
her place and who she was, and she said, Truth, Lord. Yeah, Lord, Lord, you're right. That's all I am, an old Gentile dog. I have no part in this awesome nation here. I'm no part of this awesome nation. She said, but yet the dogs eat from the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Guess what he did after that? Got right back to business with Israel. <laughs> That's what he done. So why would Jesus not have nothing to do with this Gentile? I thought, I thought this is for us. Think about it. Now listen what happens. You're fixing to find out why Paul. Amen? Got your wheels turned a little bit? I won't, I won't leave you some questions so you go home and dig. I, I was digging. I got a little bundle detector one time. Me and Connor dug the whole yard up because he kept beeping and we kept digging. So... <laughs> And I dug a hole, and this is funny though, because I dug this hole, and I kept digging, and it kept beeping. I was like, that stupid thing's in there, and we kept digging that out, and we found a quarter in there, but eight inch hole in the driveway, we dug down in that. And I found a guitar pick down in there with it. I don't know if it got tangled in the dirt and just made its way down in there, or if it was buried that deep, but what's the chances of a guitar pick being down in there with that quarter? But it was there. I don't know if it got buried when the guys graded my driveway years ago. I don't know how the guitar pick got there. I've had a lot of musicians in my yard. I don't know if it's somebody's. But it maybe when it beats, you want to dig deeper, right? Yeah. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to dig a little deeper tonight. So if I got you, if I got your, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you to the next level, getting your drug out of the barn here. Because you got the air in your tires and, and, and you're rolling really good. So what's the next thing uh, that these, uh, mechanics are going to do with this car. And Connor said, they're going to try to start it, Dad. I said, that's exactly what they're going to try to do. And they sat there and they're trusted, and all the oil's probably leaked out. It probably don't have none of the fluids. So they put all these fluids in this car and try to, and then spark plugs, because why? They want this thing to fire. We need some fire if we're going to move. We, we got iron tires now. We, I got you a little curious. I got your wheels turned a little bit. Now, we need some fire. What, where's this fire come from? Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in Leviticus chapter 11 because I'd be struggling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Be trying to keep from committing abomination on a daily basis because I like sausage and shrimp and stuff, right? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Can you imagine these homeless Jew, Jews who love God, who, who really tried to be faithful to the law, but they was homeless and they starved to death. If they was blind, they ain't going to find them. And they're sitting right here beside the marketplace and the Gentile is out there roasting the pig. And they can smell that cooking, honey. They're starved to death. Guess what you, they probably did, Bo? They're going to die if they don't, right? They're going to give me a pig foot, okay? Give me, give me some pickled pig feet there, sir. I mean, they're going to eat, right? I mean, I'm just... I'm, and, and they break the law by it. That's what they was under, right? Oh, but listen, something major took place than just saving us from hell, church. It, it was more... Jesus went to the cross more than just to bear our sins. Listen, we got an awesome gift. We got an awesome gift. Now, now we see that Abraham didn't go back to the Chaldees. We see that Moses didn't go back to Egypt. He kept on going forward, right? Moving forward, moving right along. And all of a sudden, in Acts chapter 9, just right before this chapter, Apostle Paul gets saved. On the road to Damascus, because he was a, a, I mean, a devout Pharisee. I mean, he kept the law. He didn't eat nothing unclean either, honey. He, he walked a walk and talked to talk, and he's on his way. The rest of these 
uh, Christians, uh, these Jews started starting churches down there because they believed on Christ. So you had these Jewish Christians. They're all Jews, but you had this bunch that didn't believe that he was the Messiah. And all these followers of Christ believed that he was. And Apostle Paul saw it as a threat to the Torah, which is the law. So he's like, okay, I'm, now at this time, they hadn't stopped eating pork, okay? <laughs> this is Acts chapter 9. So they ain't been told to do that yet. They still preaching baptism for repentance and things like that. Still preach the same thing Jesus did. They still wasn't going to Gentiles. They'd never been told to go to the Gentile yet. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Can you imagine heaven? Now, Satan's thought, okay, oh, Lord, he got out of the grave. I thought, sure, when, he, when God became flesh, we had him for sure. I tempted him up on the mountain. He wouldn't have that. So we killed him, and now here he is, he's up. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do now? Satan's in half a hell stunned, tore all two pieces. The heavenly host is glad to have him back. Jesus sitting on that throne. Now he's already stood up because he just watched Stephen enter in, right? So he stood up for Stephen. He's probably still standing around about two more chapters. Okay, everybody, I'll be right back. And went to Damascus Road. Can you imagine all the heavenly hosts thinking, what in the world is he doing now? He went down there as the Messiah and paid their sin debt. He went to Israel. He went to the lost sheep and a bunch of them believed on him. And he, be, he went to the cross and he died for Israel's sins. Now what's he doing now? Saul, what are you persecuting me for? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus Christ, the one you're persecuting. Long story short, goes down and tells Ananias, he says, I, I called him to be a vessel to the Gentiles. Yep. I bet heaven was like, what in this world is going on now? But guess what? Listen to what the Bible says. Listen right here. This is, this is awesome. In Romans 16, 25. Let me show you one, one little thing right here. I don't mean to jump around so much. I'm having fun. Y'all having fun? I might not be making no sense, but I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> Listen to what verse 25 says. Now to him, this is possible. Paul, talking to a bunch of Romans here. And think about this. Abraham and his seeds all God dealt with. And now he's got something to say all that being wrong. You see the difference? You want to know why, Paul? <laughs> he's got something to say all being wrong now. What's he going to say to it? Now, to him that is of power to establish, to establish you according to my gospel, his gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the ministry which was kept secret since the world began. Watch this now. Oh, this is good. But now. You can't eat pork under law, Mark. But now. Guess what? But now is made manifest. And by the scripture of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Ephesians chapter 3. Listen to what it says. This is good stuff, church. Get your wheels turning. I'll get you out of that barn find there. Ephesians chapter 3. For this cause. Verse 1. Ah, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you. Ephesians, a bunch of Gentiles, given to me to you, 
to you word, how that by revelation, not by talking to Ananias, not by talking to Peter, James, and John, but by revelation revealed, he made known unto me the mystery of, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read my understanding, my knowledge, my, my understanding, my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy prophets and uh, prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. For the first time in the history of man since God chose Abraham, all can be saved. It don't matter if it, that, now listen, we don't need prophets no more. We don't, we don't need thou shalt and thou shalt not no more. It's by grace through faith now. Amen. By, by your faith into, into this marvelous grace, the finished work of the cross, he came to do work and he finished it. Nobody knew nothing about this. Nobody knew nothing about this. You can read in Acts chapter 3, Peter walks into the temple. Now there's a man sitting here and he's begging for bread. And he's begging for alms. Now, it's only six weeks after Christ died. Now, he might have been, he might have just showed up that day, but I got a feeling he might have been there even when Christ walked by and maybe Christ just didn't do nothing because he knew in about six weeks Peter's going to walk into there and he needed somebody, he needed somehow to get their attention. He walks in the temple. There's no, there's no Gentiles in there. It's all, there's no Gentiles allowed in there, right? And he goes into the temple and he walks by this man and he says, Silver and gold have a number such as I. He heals the man. He goes in with him, leaping and jumping. Now they all, and he's got everybody's attention. So now he starts, and you can read in chapter 3 of Acts what he says. And he starts to preach to Israel. He didn't say nothing about Jesus went to the cross for all man's sins to deliver you, free you from the law, and to free you from all this, and to bring you out of Judaism and all that. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. But Paul does. Paul says it. Right here in Romans. Romans uh, 3 and 21, listen to what he says. Romans 3 and 21. I ain't going to flip around much no more. I just want to read this right here. Romans 3 and 21, listen to what he says. He says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. That's where he's talking about no difference. And once he called out in chapter 1 and chapter 2, I talked about that the last time I, that I preached. And he talked about how that he commended his love toward, I mean, he died for the sins of the whole world. That we can all be part of this. So, that being said tonight, I wanted to get your wheels turning just a little bit how to study God's Word when you study. You go and you see what's going on here. You got 13 books that Apostle Paul wrote in, in the New Testament, he wrote most of the New Testament. And, and, and anytime Paul writes a book, he tells it, I'm Apostle Paul, the Apostle. And, and, and I want you to think about something. In Revelations, this one makes me scratch my head. I ain't, this is a good one. In Revelations, we talk about this awesome city, this awesome kingdom with 12 gates. You got on the west three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the east three gates. At each gate, there's an angel. At each gate, there's 
uh, wrote on the, on the gate, there's 12 tribes of Israel. And then the foundation of each one of them gates, you got the 12 apostles. Where's Apostle Paul's name at? Where's his name at? I mean, I, 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 this ain't some kind of Baptist doctrine here, guys. I, I really want to, I'm going to dig, I want to find out where Apostle Paul's name is on his foundation because it's the 12 apostles. It's, this is the 12. We're talking about Israel here. These things are promised to Israel. Listen, men, you, when Apostle Paul showed up, he did not preach under covenant. He's talking to a bunch that never had a covenant in their life. God didn't make a covenant with America. He didn't make a covenant with China. He made a covenant with Israel. We're a bunch of Gentiles. Listen, and I love what Chris said one time. This is awesome. I'll get you will turn again. Well, I love this, and, and we can relate to this. I can take application from the story of David. How that? Because I'm God, right? We're, we're, we're Christians here, right? We got to face giants every day, and we got to knock them out with a rock. So I can be David. Guess who I really am, though? <laughs> Think about this uncircumcised giant, this Philistine, this Gentile. I'm Goliath. Why didn't he kill me? Why didn't he kill me? He won't kill Goliath either. You know what he tell David now? Uh, <laughs> you go down and tell him I love him. You go down and tell him I died, I set him free. Guess what, David? You're set free too. You can eat anything you want to. Go to Hardy's, honey. Go right ahead. Eat anything you want to. Go down and kill all, go down there and save all the Philistines and have a barbecue. Go ahead. We're going to raise money for the church to sell pigs. Okay, let's sell sausage. I mean, and, and see, you see the difference. Yes. We're yes. under this marvelous thing called grace. I mean, she sung about his mercy running out. It don't run out because he's rich. Money don't run out if you're rich. What's his name? Elon Musk that creates all this electrical car. What's his name? Is that how you say it? He ain't going to run out of money. He's a bone multi-billionaire, right? He's rich. God's rich in his mercy. He's rich in his grace. He, listen, this is, this is the awesome Gifts that we have, we should be thankful. We walk around, we walk around like we some kind of. I've seen men on TV. I'm apostle so and so. They're not apostles. There's only been 13 of them in the history of man. Right. Now Judas, well, he's one of the 12. You hear what happened to Judas? But they got another one after that. When they got, they had 12. Apostle Paul wasn't even born yet, probably. I don't know. And we walk around like we some kind of holy men with nothing but a pork eating dog. Chris has said it many times. That's what we are. Now we ain't now though. Know why? We got play. So here you got Israel out from under Judaism placed in Christ. Gentiles out from under all this mess they was under and placed in Christ. Amen. Making one new man. Right. Making one body. Christ being the head and we're a part of this awesome body yes. together. Yes. It's the only way there now. The don't, don't, need, don't need prophets no more. I was a prophet so and so. They'll be speaking tonight. No prophets. Ain't never been a Gentile prophet. If anybody tells you a prophet, say, uh, what tribe are you from? <laughs> if they, they can't tell you, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. If they can't tell you what tribe they're from, then you, they, you call them a lie because they're Gentile. Ain't never been a Gentile prophet. I didn't want to, I said, that's, the Bible never said there was a, never a Gentile prophet. Paul is your apostle and he's mine. Mark, how do you know? Because that's what he said he was. I'm the apostle of the Gentiles. Romans through Philemon is the books for me and you to establish the churches. These other books, they're great. I mean, preach them. Preach them hard. Preach Elijah. Preach all these awesome stories because he's the same God. He can deliver us today just like he did then. Amen. But we're under something more special than any other, any other time of, uh, 
We've been under this for 2,000 years, man. We, we, we're special. We're in a special time. But we, we walk around just like, just like it ain't nothing. We want to stay in that barn and let weeds grow up around us. We don't care if we ever get, we don't care if we ever, well, Papa didn't say that. He did not say that, and I don't care what you say. Well, it's the, honey, I, it's not only the Bible. Paul, so Paul said that. He was revealed to him. You can read in Galatians chapter 2, he said, I did not get it from any man. I didn't, I didn't go down to the 12 and get it from them. That's what he says in Galatians 2. He said, I didn't get it from none of them guys. He said, it was revealed to me by the Lord. And, it's, and it was that marvelous grace that we can be joined ours to this thing. That gets me excited. Amen. I wanted to, in this message tonight, and I didn't mean to confuse you at all, but I want, I want to get you questioning what happened to me. I don't know if anybody knows. I'm not too embarrassed to say this, but I, I play paintball terms. A lot of people play golf and fish. I play paintball. That's what I, I've done it for 20 years. It's a lot of fun, good, clean fun. Play tournaments and everything. Listen, you, you buy a new paintball gun, and Sarah's a tournament in Rock Hill, South Carolina going on. We've got, we got to be on the field at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Captain's meeting at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. I'm up 3 o'clock. I'm heading for our drive. I'm going to play a tournament. And my Bible laying there. I need to read a little bit. Do a little daily devotion. <laughs> read a chapter a day. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with daily devotions. Do, do a daily devotion. Read a chapter a day. But, oh, paintball gun. Let me see that thing. Oh, man, $2,000, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm being a little silly, but they do cost that much. Some of the, and, it, and it captivates me. You talk about deer hunter going deer hunting, well, they're going to get excited. They plan vacation, they go out, and that's okay. We should have hobbies and stuff that's fun. But why, Brother Mark, did this not get my attention like a mandolin or a paintball gun or a crossbow or, or shooting an eight-pointer? You see what I'm saying? And I said, God, I'm mad. And I did. I was dead serious. I said, Lord, I'm mad because I've been saved for 30-some years and this does not get my attention. And why? And one guy asked me one question one time and I saw something I've never seen. That's some of the stuff I taught you tonight. And it got me digging. It got me digging. I'd be out working. I'd go and hide in there in my, my little shop and I'd, I'd start digging. <laughs> now take her cell phones and I'm not on the Watching YouTube. But no, you, and it gets me digging. And it put iron in my tires and got them rolling. Now the engine's running. My tractor started. I'm on my way. I can drive that thing anywhere I want to now. Don't matter. It don't matter. Listen, if you want to, there's a lot of counterfeit out there. And I'm going to come to a close. A lot of counterfeit stuff out there. A lot of false stuff out there. But guess how, guess how a counterfeit, professional counterfeit, if he can spot counterfeit money, how he does it. They said he studies the real thing for six months. Until, that way if he sees something fake, he can spot it, right? Listen, you study the real thing. and I mean dig in it. If you have questions, yeah. try to find them. Why Apostle Paul? Why 13 apostles? Why is his name not in the foundation of, of, the, of the city? What, what's going on here? What, who is this man, Apostle Paul? Find out why. What, what's hid? What was what, this thing that's hidden God he talked about? Wait, what secret does he have? And start digging these things. Listen, when you find out who you are in Christ, you go by your hammock and you're going to lay down in the Lord. For the first time in your Christian life, and you're just going, he done done all the work. Let's go to sleep, man, and just rest. He said, hey, listen, when I when the truth will set you free. He said, listen, I, I'll set you free, man. When you're free, he's talking, he's talking to Jews when he said this. They had no idea they, was getting, they can get ready to go to Hardy's. Had no idea. I smelt that barbecue for years. I finally get to eat some. And they got delivered out of this mess and got set free and saved forevermore.
Not safe for a couple weeks or a couple months or until they mess up. Safe forevermore. Amen. And us Gentiles, we're over here and you don't know what to do. And we get to be a part of this. Now you see why the Jews, boy, had a time with Paul, buddy. When he started preaching this stuff and started seeing these Romans saved and they come in there it's like, wait, what in the world is going on? They couldn't comprehend that these guys had gods for everything. There's worse from every kind of God in the world. And they can have part in this thing too. You better believe it. Why? Because Christ took it all to the cross. Amen. I mean, the veil was... You could walk... You couldn't even go in that if you weren't the high priest behind that veil where the Ark of the Covenant was. Hey, the veil was rent when he died. You could walk in and lick it if you wanted to. <laughs> it would not hurt you. It wouldn't. It, it lost all his power, Bo. And everything was put on Christ. The power's in the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First four verses, that's the gospel. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's where all the power lies. So I don't care how somebody tells you they got saved. If they don't, if they don't tell you 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, 15, then <laughs> like, let me show you something here, buddy. It's straight out of the scripture. This ain't, this ain't, and this ain't nothing to play around with. It ain't. It's a serious thing. Uh, I was a little nervous about preaching this because I thought, Lord, I might confuse somebody. I don't want to confuse anybody. But, but I did want to get your wheels turning. Maybe, maybe, maybe you knew this already. I don't know. I, I ain't been studying this, this type of stuff. It's right division too long, right? You know what I can do now? I can go into Pentecostal church. I can just sit there and just worship with them. If they do something, I'm like, I don't know about that. I got my proof why I don't believe the way they do. If they get a woman up there to preach, I got proof. She can say whatever she wants to. Hey, listen, I know what the Bible says because why? I understand it. You can rightly divide it. If I go into a free old Baptist church and they start teaching doctrine that I don't agree with, or a Baptist church, I teach doctrine. No matter me, I know the truth. The denomination is of the devil. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is. You might not like it tonight, but it really is. These things are of the devil. There's people that's the churchy right now. They really don't. They'll die and go to hell being churchy. You say, what do you mean, Mark? Well, they do everything the church wants them to do. They look the part and they get real churchy. I'm going to say this, I'm going to give it over to Gary. Let me make, let me make sense of what I mean. I was a church. I, I, I want to call out certain things. Uh, how can I say this? We, we, I was a whole gang of us. There was about 50 of us, and Gary was there too. And we gathered in the living room, didn't we, Gary? And had church. Let's start a church. We're going to build one, didn't you, We're going to build a church. It's in my hometown. I'll say that. We're going to build a church. And guess what? You couldn't get him in the driveway. Guess what? Was it? Guess what? It wasn't, there was not a podium there. There was not a cross lit up. There was not carpet and pews. There was a couch and a TV. TV was the pulpit. We stood in front of the TV. TV was off. We weren't watching Duke boys or nothing. Duke's a hatch. No. TV was off. TV. Women, all the women had on jeans. All the men had on jeans. Some of them had on T-shirts. Maybe Kentucky Wildcat or Hurley Rebels or something. I don't know. We was all sitting around. I don't know how many preachers was there, singers. I mean, church was on. No, no, there wasn't nobody up there wanting no fast following the rules or not. Those churchy rules there, they got pants on. There was no churchy oh, rules, Todd. We were at the house. Nobody's in there. Well, you can't have guitars here. Why? Because the man's house had guitars. It's my dad. He had all kinds. Nobody, nobody run music down. Some churches want to let you bring a guitar in the house. I'm, I'm being serious, guys. And we're here, we would. So, months, every Sunday, people getting saved in the house, bowing down in front of a TV. People don't even have TVs in their house. Some people don't. It's sin. One preacher said, oh, well, I want to let you in my pulpit if you've got a TV in your house or you've been married twice. You can't come in this pulpit. A TV in your house, Earl. 
You can't go in his pulpit. I can introduce you to him. I'm not lying. So we're in this house and we're having church. I mean, we're shouting and we're praising God and we're singing and people getting saved in the living room for months. While the church down the road was being built so we could move it from the living room in the church, Chris. And that's exactly what we did. And guess what happened then? He ain't coming in here. He ain't coming in here dressed like that. He ain't coming in here acting like that. Wait, you, all, you two planning on getting married, Tom? You've been married before? Not in this church, buddy. Can't be a member here. Come on, all of a sudden it changed. Yeah. I mean, people, I mean, drunks were coming to this house. Because you know why? They're welcome in a house. <laughs> but they couldn't come to a church, Earl. Or in the world have we went wrong? Listen, I'm going to stand on this right here. You can go and escort me out the back if you want to, because I'm standing on this. Amen. It's by His grace, Mark. Amen. I don't care. It's by His blood. Right. He shed every drop of it for us. I might have stood up here a little too long tonight. I apologize. But listen, it's through and by His blood. There's, I don't compromise that, Greg. I don't compromise that. And that's what happens. So, so, so this one got mad, and then he will go over and start this church, and he's got rules worse than that one. And nobody's welcome there. And the whole community is dying and going to hell on drugs and their kids ain't even in church. You go to churches, some of the churches over there you go to, there ain't even no kid. Ain't nobody under 50 there. You can't get a 30-year-old to come. Why? Because he's judged before he pulls in the driveway. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just making an example. I'm not running nut churches down. I'm saying there's communities like that. There's places like that. And that breaks my heart. I've been in them and it breaks my heart. And, and we can't be like that. We can't be like that. I mean, God, Jesus walked up and said, now, boys, don't go to the Samaritans. I must need to go. <laughs> and he go down there, sit down with a low-life woman. That's what we call it, a low-life. And say, hey, can I have a drink of water? You see what I'm saying? That's, what, that's who Christ is. And that's what we got to be. We're ambassadors for him. We need to be the same way. But we walk around holy because we ain't never made an abomination. I mean, I, you take five guys, foul mouth, they talk about everything in the world. They, they're, they're living with... Uh, Girlfriends and everything else, their life's a mess. They drink every. They can't say a cuss word or tell a story about watching a movie without dropping five cuss words. And you got a little gay man sitting over here to the side, all by himself. He don't cuss. He don't drink. Never drunk a drop in his life. Real, real nice guy. But he's the outcast. <laughs> but these foul mouthed men has committed everything in the world, stay drunk, high, and everything else. But he's the one that's the weirdo because he's abomination. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? We, we got to get some things together. <laughs> we want to see somebody saved, amen? amen. Now listen, I, I, I'm not saying patting sin on back. I'm not. I'm saying my little snuff dipping I was just as bad as anything else, right? We're all equal at the foot of the cross. Jews, Gentiles, and like. We need to love people. I don't approve, I don't approve with, with, with people on drugs lifestyle. I don't approve of homosexuality lifestyle and things, right? But we got to love them. And we got to let them realize that there's a God who loves them. More than we do. More than we do. And they're welcome in the house of God. Amen. Amen. I hope I got your wheels turned tonight. I went off track a little bit, I guess, on some of it. But I wanted to, if I could plant this in your mind to get your wheels turned a little bit and it gets you moving, you can move forward. And you can grow in God like you never have in His Word. And in 2023, you can, you can learn some things you never learned before in God. And that's what I, my goal was tonight. I, I really wanted with this message and, and didn't, I didn't want to cause any confusion or things like that. But just some things I pointed out, just a little highlight. It, but the more you dig, the deeper you're going to go and it's going to get really deep and it's going to be really good. Amen. And you'll grow in His knowledge and grace. Amen.